Thank you that everyone is seated already. Uh, last week the phrase salt and light kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So I got the message in the end and decided that's what we should be praying about this morning. But first of all, I think we should pray for the Barnes family. So please join with me and let us pray. Father, we do pray this morning for the Barnes family. We pray for your peace and comfort for them, Lord. We pray for healing where healing is needed. We pray for strengthening where strengthening is needed. We pray that you will continue to encourage them, Lord, and that you will bless them, that they will know how much you love them and how much we love them and uh, that we are looking forward to seeing them again very soon. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you for Jesus' words to his followers that we're to be like salt and light as we interact with the world around us. Father, we confess that we've not always done this, sometimes through our neglect and sometimes through our avoidance. And we do ask for your forgiveness and for your encouragement through your spirit to be more diligent in both word and deed from now on. Father, we understand that salt was used in Jesus' time to prevent the decay of meat or fish. Father, help us understand just how much decay there is around us in today's sin-infected world, in morals in behaviour, in care and respect for our fellow man, in respect for life itself. Father, please help us to resist our own personal decay despite the many temptations from all around to do so, knowing that if we too become worldly, we could become worthless. And give us the courage, we pray, to speak up and stand up against that continuing decay all around us. Father, help us understand light can also warn us of impending danger if we keep on going the way we have been. Help us realise that light can dispel the darkness around us and all the dangers that darkness can hide. Father, if we've been hiding our light, forgive us, we pray. Encourage us, Father, by your spirit to let our light shine. Or to make, and to make the world around us a safer place. Father, we thank you that salt and light can improve our lives. Help us to live those better lives and through what we say and especially how we act, we may encourage others to change the lives that they lead. Help others to see in our light a safe and secure haven, a good life, a life which is worthwhile and a life which reflects the light of the world, Jesus Christ, our Saviour and our Lord. Father, we pray that through the lives we lead and the light we show, that others may see how we glorify you and how great, how great is your glory. And we ask these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. to be my own roadie. Really, I need another roadie. 
Made my nights. <laughs> Not paid enough. <sighs> Good morning. Um, as Wayne said, I I love uh, being part of the team, the worship team here, and it's my privilege to share some of the word with you this morning. It might be a little bit different to what you're used to, so uh, stick with me. I wonder where you were this time on a Sunday morning three years ago. I wonder if I could have the PowerPoint going for me. That'd be awesome. I wonder if you were doing something like this. For those who are listening later, I was sitting on the couch doing my knitting, watching the service online. It's so different now, isn't it? Uh, We can actually meet together. It's amazing what you take for granted and then when it's taken away from you, you really miss it. Anyone with me with that? Yeah. And I did enjoy doing my knitting, but I don't bring my knitting when I come here because uh, I'm doing too many other things. When I'm sitting at home, I'm, it's all on the screen. COVID, that time was just so weird. And it really, for me, it really amplified this culture of consumerism that we had. Does anyone resonate with this? this? You know, you can get a podcast or watch something on demand when it suits you. You can choose, you can flick through some sermons and work out which one suits you best today. Uh, and that culture of consumerism where the church service is what's happening on the stage or what you can hear, I think that really amplified that that's something that we in the West have maybe missed something when it comes to what it means to meet together on a Sunday morning. It has become a lot about what's happening on the platform. So... I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to worship together. And as you can hear, uh, you might sense already that I'm not just going to talk about singing, which is probably a good thing. I haven't actually sung for three weeks and I have a very dry voice um, because I've had laryngitis and um it's been really weird, really, really weird because ironically, uh, I use my voice all the time. I'm a speech pathologist and, uh, and I lead the singing and yeah. Anyway, you should ask my family later, um, about what they think about me using my phone as a voice output device. Um, MB suggested that I use a different, uh, accent. So I found the Scottish one was quite good. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah. So this morning, I would like to use this next little while that we've got in the presence of God and of, of each other, just to reflect on why, why do you come on a Sunday morning? Why are you here today? Why do you come regularly? Why do you just come every now and then? Why are you here? Like you're here. That's awesome. You're not at home watching. There is a season for being at home and 
not being able to meet together. And I just want to acknowledge that that's unavoidable sometimes. I've been through that with uh, when we had a, a daughter who was very sick often, in and out of hospital, and we couldn't make it to church and really, really missed it. Um, but I just want to bless those who are watching online because they can't come or those who are listening later because they couldn't be here with us and just acknowledge that that is a season. But it's not really the norm of what it means to be God's people. What do you think of when you hear the phrase corporate worship? Do you, uh, anything come to mind? Like people in business suits with laptops? Not that kind of corporate. Corporate comes from the word, does anyone know what the, you guys might know, what the base word of corporate is? Any young people know? Corpus? Corpus, yep, which means body, that's right, body. So it's the body of Christ. I like the word corporate. It doesn't sound brilliant, but it means that we're together as the body. What do you think of when you think of corporate worship? Just sing it out. Together? Fellowship, Fellowship, yeah. Listening to God together? Sharing faith together, yeah. Wonderful. I don't need to preach. <laughs> you guys got it. Um, there, Christians have been gathering together to worship God since the day dot, and uh, it sort of settled on a Sunday as the main meeting around the end of the first century, beginning of the second century. So it's been going for a long, long time, and Sunday. It moved from the Sabbath day, which was the Jewish day of meeting, holy day, to Sunday because Jesus rose on a Sunday, yeah. So it sort of set apart from the previous Jewish culture. So you guys might have a lot of ideas about what I should say about corporate worship. I've got a lot of ideas that I can't share this morning. Maybe you've got ideas about how things should go on a Sunday morning and what you would like to see or what we shouldn't do or what annoys you. But I just invite us all, including me, just to put those aside because we're going to listen to the word together. So let me just pray before we open our Bibles. Father God, your steadfast love endures forever. Your mercies are new every morning and I am just a weak and inadequate vessel. But your word is true and changes us from the inside out by the power of your spirit, we ask that you do that among us this morning. And we pray this in the name of your beautiful son, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So grab your Bibles if you've got them and open to Ephesians. Oh, just a heads up. I'm going to be focusing on the vertical aspect of worship when we meet together, the vertical meaning us and God, how we interact with God, and also the... I'm struggling here. It's just not going. Am I pointing it in the wrong direction? I don't know, maybe. No, it's not upside down. 
You might have to help me, Dave. So the vertical... laying hands on it. It's not working either. Um, the vertical and the horizontal. So how God interacts with us and how we interact with each other and how they are related. So that's what we're going to look at. So grab your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, while you're looking for that, Ephesians was a letter written by, anyone know? Paul, the Apostle Paul, and we've been reading and learning about Paul when we went through Acts together. This epistle was written when he was in prison, so maybe, probably in Rome. And it was written not just to one church, but to a lot of different churches that were meeting in Ephesus. So people would take this letter around and read it out when they met together, like that. Is something gone wrong? Okay, it's not me. Ephesians 5 from verse 18. Oh, and the whole letter is concerned with what it means to be the family of God. So everybody being the family of God, how we are to act with one another. So I might just have to read it. Is it going to be up on the screen? Oh, there we go. Look at that. All right. So, yes, that's where we are. Okay, let's read it. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV, but it will be similar. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. People will know this by heart because there's a song about this. I'm pretty sure Christy Moore knows it. Um and giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right. Now, just quick note, I'm using the English Standard Version, which pops that submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ in the same sentence. So that I've deliberately chosen that and I'll hopefully be clear why. So it's a little bit weird uh, to start off the sentence, don't get drunk with wine when we're talking about corporate worship. Um, but it does make so- sense. If you just look in your translations there, in your Bibles, just look at the verses just preceding that and it will talk about, Paul's talking about the contrast, the contrast between worldly living and living as people of God. So the worldly living, things like being unwise versus living as wise, being foolish versus understanding the will of the Lord, getting together for a booze up versus being filled with the Spirit of God. All right? Can you see the contrast? All right, you're not just getting t- together to have a party. People would get together and have a meal as part of their meeting together. It's not just about having a party. It's about being filled with the Spirit. It's not about losing control. It's about being controlled by the Spirit. The NLT says, instead of debauchery, it says, uh, don't get drunk with wine for it will ruin your life. I like that translation. <laughs> anyway, 
So I wonder what comes to your mind when you think of being filled with the Spirit. We often think the vertical, me and God. But this is talking about being filled with the Spirit in the family of God when we're together. So keep that in mind. Let's have a look. Oh, I just wanted to let you know something else. Yes, it is really, really easy, especially in this Western culture, and you guys might know this, especially younger people, that it's all about you and making your life better. And it's all about you coming to Christ and him making your life better. We hear that all the time about us individually. It is so easy to get sucked into that, isn't it? But I just want to let you in on an open secret. Jesus Christ did not die and rise again just so that you could go to heaven when you die. Amen. Amen. (laughs) He actually brought us out of one kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom. He brought us out of being alone and rejected into his family. It's not just about what happens when you die. It's about what's happening right now. Listen to this scripture. This is from Revelation 1. To Jesus who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom. Priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We have been listening to about the kingdom when we're meeting in corporate worship together on a Sunday morning. We're being the kingdom. That's what he saved us for. Let's look a little bit more closely at our passage. What do you notice that's in the vertical? Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. Have a look. Have a think. What's happening in the vertical between us and God? There we go. Being filled with the Spirit, addressing one another, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's why we sing. We're singing about the Lord. We're singing about who he is. We're giving him worth. We're saying he's the best. That's what worship is. We're giving him our time, our energy, our physicality, everything. Singing involves our whole body, our mind, everything. And we're doing it all at the same time. And I, I must say I've had to make melody to the Lord in my heart a lot lately and not being able to sing. It's very difficult, but do you know, have you ever sat in a service and everyone's singing around you and you're not, but you're making melody to the Lord in your heart? Yeah. You, you know that he's there. Giving thanks always and for everything, not coming with us. What's going on here? They're not doing it right. That kind of attitude, but a, a thankful attitude. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do here, even if it's not exactly what I think. That kind of attitude. And submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're not here to be bossed around by each other. We're here to serve one another because Christ is our Lord. (coughs) 
every week uh, I chat to either Sam or recently Mike while Sam's been on leave and we reflect on what's been going on in the, in the Sunday service before. So if you do have anything you want us to talk about or reflect on, things we could change that are maybe that are a barrier to you in worshipping God as you come on a Sunday morning, please do come and approach us. Excuse me. We all have our ideas about what makes a great service and I asked that of the worship team when we gathered. But isn't it wonderful? Have you ever been to a service, you come away and you're not saying, oh, that was a great music or that was a great sermon or that was a great song, but you come away saying, that's a great God. Isn't that? How great is our God? You've noticed what he's doing. You notice that he's at work and you're not focused on your own wants and your own, I don't know, your own little inner world, but you're noticed he is at work and the, <laughs> I don't know how th- there's no recipe for that he's got to do that sovereignly and we can make ourselves available for him to do that I love it when I listen to a sermon and it makes me want to worship God because I'm hearing about this wonderful triune God this wonderful God of love the father who loved us so much that he sent his son to die in our place took on Every sin and rebellion in my heart, in your heart, so that I could actually be part of his family and I could receive his spirit. Like when I listen and when I hear the stories about Jesus, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. I know him. Isn't he wonderful? Every, every part of our service needs to reflect who God is. And I, I hope we've heard that in the songs that we've sung this morning. We've talked about, we've sung about who God is. And uh, I would like to invite Ali to come and help us with the next part. We're going to sing again and, uh, and then Ali is going to share a little bit. And Nadine and Trev, are you going to help as well? of dividing up and singing Father I adore you, laying my life before you, how I love you in a bit of a round just to just to encourage that heart of corporate worship. So we're going to attempt this but don't worry if it all gets muddled the truth is it's just we're singing to God as a group. So Trev is going to stand down here and generally lead this part. So because a lot of our kids have gone out we're a little bit light on here but if, yeah, Trevor, you stand here and lead sort of what's probably about half of our beautiful people down this way. Christy, Nadine's. you're on that side. Yeah, so from Bev Not that I, I don't mind your perfect. voice. Your voice is wonderful voice. <laughs> you're with me. And Nadine will lead sort of what half of this, this aisle down to about here and then I'll stand here and lead the end. So I'm trusting the words are going to come up on the screen and we're just going to sing as a unified um, group together, worshipping God in this beautiful round. So Trevor will lead us off in a minute and we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll sing the first verse through once all together. And trust most of you know it, but don't worry, just sit and listen if you don't. All right, let's go. Father, I adore you. Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. 
that sounded amazing. Well done, everybody. Really, corporate worship at its core, just just sounding and um, just sounding beautiful for, for Jesus. And you know, it doesn't matter how we sound; it's actually our heart's response and our heart's alignment and the posture we bring um, when we are worshiping. So, I'm just going to share briefly um, about a few thoughts I've had about corporate worship. Um, and as I was thinking this week, I thought really um, beyond any one experience that I've had with corporate worship, it's actually just been about consistently showing up, even on those Sunday mornings where I might have come away from a pretty chaotic, crazy week um, with work and family and actually felt really flat just by showing up. Um, I have, without even realising it, put myself in a position to hear from God and be, be nourished and be fed. And this has had the greatest impact on me, I think, as a believer um, when, I, when I reflect on worshipping God corporately um, in our beautiful church. Worship always aligns us to the heart of God. And like I just said, after whatever we bring from the context of our different weeks, um, coming every Sunday and just surrounding myself, I know, with my beautiful church family and in a way where I'm encouraged to lay myself down and be um, be looking to Jesus for that time um, has really impacted me deeply. Worship means laying myself down and focusing on Jesus, and this practice alone helps align our hearts and desires with God as we worship and we delight in Him. This over time for me has been life-changing, and I find this not only during corporate worship, but also just playing worship songs at home and just surrounding myself with um, yeah, the beauty that worship music brings. And it's not the musicality itself, it's not the lyrics necessarily, it's the fact that there's often deep anointing, I believe, on, on Christian worship music, um, and, and it does just, uh, I guess it just turns our hearts and it changes our perspective when we're listening to it. Um, and I just think there's something really powerful about having lyrics and music sung that glorifies God, both in our, house, in our houses but also in a corporate body here. Um, I love this verse in Psalm 22.3 and it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. Worship brings about tangible changes, whether in our hearts or bodies, and when we look to Jesus, we are inwardly changed and we're putting ourselves in a position to hear from him. And it was that just that um, coming back to that word posture, like what posture do we bring to church? We're bringing one like Kathy was reflecting on before, where we're just a bit grouchy and, and listening and feeling like the song's not maybe our favourite or, or you know, we're, we're just feeling a bit flat and that's actually taking over our whole experience. Or are we coming with that, that posture? where we are just just wanting to hear from God and and, um, wanting to be fed by him. And it doesn't matter actually what's going on around us because in the body of Christ, his body, he shows up, he's here. Um, When I was 18 years old, I remember being really impacted for the first time in a corporate worship setting. The family church of mine that I went along to for quite a few years was really quite traditional, um, quite quite cold, and um, I was I grew up being quite involved in music. I, I absolutely love music to its core, um, and I just could sense that discord, I guess, between um, what was becoming a really close relationship that I was having with Jesus, but then looking at these beautiful people around me and just sort of not not sensing that their worship brought a connection to God. There was just this disjointedness. Um, 
Yeah, and so um, when I was invited to go along to Youth Alive, which for those of you that might not have known, they're just like big, big youth rallies that happened, um, yeah, probably 15, 20 years ago. I think they have still actually been happening, which I hope they have because I found them really impacting. But basically hundreds of teens get together and young adults and it's just one of those beautiful times of being really encouraged in your faith. Um, when I went for the first time, I was so in- impacted by the freedom in worship that I was able to experience there, and it felt like I was finally home. There was an amazing sense of the Holy Spirit that was just really, really tangible, and it brought a real freedom in the way people were able to sing and express themselves in worship. I loved being able to raise my hands and just surrender in the way that I really felt like I wanted to, and I think there is something to say for that physical response in worship. It doesn't mean that If you don't raise your hands, you're not all in. But there is something about a physical response. And when we're truly surrendering to God, that does show. And whether that's inwardly in our heart or whether it is that physical response that that we do, there there is something in that. So I love that freedom I saw. And um, I just felt like I truly came alive. And it was really a real reminder to me um, as a new Christian back then of what heaven might be like, you know, worshipping with a group of really passionate people who just seemed alive. There wasn't that disjointedness. There was that sense of the Holy Spirit being really, really tangible. No matter how we choose to worship, it is our heart's response that matters and being free in that is something that I hold really dear here at the Hills. Um, I really believe we um, are navigating still but that we also have here uh, the ability to be really free and to be confident in in that and and because of that freedom we have in our worship I believe we are a close um, body of believers and yeah just looking forward to seeing the journey that that continues to take and I hope um, yeah hope you're encouraged in that as much as I've been so thanks Kathy. Someone muted it oops might have been me thank you Ali so much isn't it wonderful to hear that Meeting together had such an impact as, as a young person and still today on Ali's faith, Ali's relationship, that vertical, as was the horizontal meeting together has that positive effect on our relationship with God. I said before that we find it easy to think about me and God individually, especially in our individualistic world that we uh, find ourselves in. But we're going to have a look to balance it out at the horizontal that's in this passage. So just have a look again. What stands out to you that speaks to the way we minister to one another? Submission. Addressing one another. Yeah, communication. Yeah, so there's the two, two main bits. When um, when we got together as a worship team a couple of months ago, the worship team involves musicians, meeting leaders, speakers, prayers, PA. And is there anyone I'm missing? I think that's everyone. Um, But also you could include greeters, kids' ministry workers, as part of our corporate worship here on a Sunday morning. And 
Can I also say it's not just people who are on the roster who are involved in ministering to one another. It's everybody. Everybody who belongs to Christ has a spirit and a gift that they can offer to someone else. When most of the songs we sang today were addressing one another, so we sang How Great Is Our God, we're telling everyone how great our God is, we're, we, we had a, said crown him king of kings, telling each other to crown him the king, the king over his kingdom, um, there's a few others. They were mostly about addressing one another. When we sang Father, I Adore You, we're singing directly to God. But we're singing together directly to God. This, we try and balance those things out when we come and meet together. Yes, I just wanted to say, yeah, we've been singing about the kingdom and that we are we are a microcosm of the kingdom when we meet together. The power of the Spirit is is within us. It's at our disposal to love and serve one another. And you've probably got some experiences in your mind about how that has happened in your life, but I'm going to invite Trevor to tell us an example in his life. Can I just stand here? Right? You need a microphone. Uh, yeah, okay. Do I need this? Yeah. Get this noise. Oh, online, you're right too. Sorry, everybody. Good point. Okay, I'll hold it here. Hey, um, I really like this topic, vertical and horizontal. Um, I, I like the the. I've got my notes, but the thing is about it is that um, and I won't be t- t- twenty five minutes. I can hear you laughing from behind. I know you're laughing at me, Kathy. <laughs> um, but um, it's one thing to be in the presence of God and worshiping God, and you get a real inspiration. But if it doesn't translate to everyday challenges, you know you're going to walk out the door going, "Oh well, that was a good time. Yeah, it felt good. Come back again next week. We'll have another good time." You know, that's not going to cut it. It's not what Jesus wants. It's not what we want either, right? But um, what Ali was saying is so real and so inspiring. And uh, I uh, I think of this morning and and right through my life, 60 years back when I first became a Christian, that the inspiring moments of being in God's presence is critical, right? But if it doesn't translate, that's what I'm talking about right now, okay? So the, the following story is one of millions in my life, I shouldn't say millions, but just lots, you know. Margie and I have five children. Margie's there, right, good, yeah, good. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't say, <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> I can't say anything about it. <laughs> it's all right. When they were all over 20 years of age, Margie and I were asked if we'd take on the full-time care of three children of a family member whose marriage had broken up, and pretty badly and sadly broken up, really badly. The three children were aged five down to nine months and we're definitely going to be removed by Families SA. We were prepared to do the job, gave a willing response. Well, not me really. I mean, after an incredible ride with raising five kids, everybody's looking at me, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's just challenging. It's challenging and pain and joy. Could we start this all over again? Then one Sunday after church, uh, John and Margaret McGarry, where's John? John's here? Yeah, John, don't hide, John. I'm going to talk about you. Um, and Margaret, um, they came round for lunch after church, as you do, right? And um, we were just talking about stuff and 
like we talked about our impending difficult decision, you know, 20 years this will take. Um, then they said, why don't you consider offering yourselves to be significant others, whatever that means. What it means is we could be the support for a couple who could actually raise them, right? Uh, we thought, right. So we rang up, uh, next day rang up my niece and her husband and said, why don't you think about this? You've been thinking about foster caring for a while. They've got two kids. And when it, anyway, she called back, uh, what, a day later, Mark, two days later, and said, yep, we're going to do it. And Families SA are moving them in within 24 hours, right? So um, that was the start of five very bumpy years, you can imagine. Uh, she had two kids that were similar ages to these kids, uh, and there was some pretty dark moments. Uh, well, but now you should see them now. You would not believe it. Um, the beautiful, well-adjusted, academically good, sporting good, and um, oh, nothing perfect, but, I mean, they really come through this fantastic. But that was a result of a God moment, a direct outcome of many years of, of well, praising and worshipping together in this lovely community with John and Margaret and each one of the here. Um, well, I'm going to go so far as to say I wouldn't be a Christian now unless it did translate from the worship vertical to the horizontal. And I'm just finishing here uh, because it has to go into our lives day to day. Otherwise, we've just got a good philosophy. Who wants a good philosophy? Now, there's plenty of them, but it's got to translate. Uh, and what does this James 3.17 say? But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. And that story just about sums up every one of those words, I reckon. Isn't that an amazing story of the worship of God in the kingdom community spilling out to touch people who weren't part of our community? And that's that's what it's about. It's not just about us here. God is king over the whole earth. And he wants his kingship, his kingship to be known, not just within his sons and daughters, but people who aren't aware of him yet. We gather to adore God our Father, to glorify Jesus and to serve one another in the power of the Spirit. That's our purpose statement for our worship team. But, you know, it's for everyone. We gather to adore and glorify. We gather to serve. And you'll notice that each person of the Trinity is in that statement too. That's who we worship. We don't just worship our own idea of who God is. We worship the God who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ and in the scriptures that testify to him. I wonder, as we've been sharing, as you've listened to Ali and Trev and hopefully to me, um, I wonder if the Spirit has been drawing out anything particular or I wonder if you've thought about why you're here today. Wherever you're at, the Father is seeking worshippers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4. Listen to this amazing, uh, well, I really like this uh, Quote from Dallas Willard from his book, Renovation of the Heart. 
It is as if God has heart monitor installed in every person. And when the heart truly reaches out to God as God, no longer looking to himself or others, he responds with the gift of life from above. In fact, God is constantly looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? It means people who have free-hearted and whole-hearted admiration, respect and commitment to God as the highest being of all. I'll read that again. It means people who have free-hearted and whole-hearted admiration, respect and commitment to God as the highest being of all. They never try to conceal anything from him and always rely completely on him. God is actively seeking such people, whoever they may turn out to be. Even the slightest inclination towards him, he will respond to. We're going to sing that song again, and it is a chance to respond to the Lord in song. We're going to sing, Father, I Adore You. Well, I'm not going to sing, but you guys are. And we're going to do it a little bit differently. Let me explain. You are going to stand up. Not yet. In a minute. You're going to stand up. And you're all going to imagine the centre of the room. Maybe imagine Jesus standing there, I don't know, and then face there. So we'll be kind of facing in a circular way. So while we're singing, we'll be singing to God, but we'll be noticing each other. That's the idea. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. Can I have my helpers come up? Um, and we'll see how we go. Uh, we have time to just linger for a little bit in silence. So don't be scared if it is a bit silent. That's okay. We'll be quiet. Um and I'd like to invite, if you would like to respond in in any way, if you've got somebody, maybe while we're singing, someone comes to mind that you think, oh, I want to go on and see how they're going and maybe pray with them. Or I, I really need prayer for something. Oh, I'm going to go and ask so-and-so who I trust if they can come and pray with me. There's going to be like a quiet spot down here near the little cross on the wall. So that's that's a, that's a quiet spot so for people who want to just linger a bit longer and try and face away from the noise and coffee so even if you want to do that while we're singing if you wanted to move over there you're welcome to do that too and Richard and Ali are part of our prayer ministry team they'll be down here and anyone on the insights team who's here uh, would also be available to pray with anyone or just chat if you need to do that so let's stand Let's face the middle of the room. You'll see each other. Here we go. All right, let's worship our Lord. Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. How I 
just remain in that quiet space. Thank you, Lord. Good to wait in silence for the salvation of our God. Why don't we pray the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father, who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours both now and forever. Amen. I invite you to, if you would like to stay in that um, quiet space, you're welcome to come down the front here. Um, And uh, if you'd like to quietly move on to, to grab something to drink and share with one another and continue the corporate worship, the Lord be with you all.